Be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life. From the ministry of Reverend Isaac Abzalabaz Awuni from the International Central Gospel Church, Paradise Temple. And now, today's sermon. Father, for this morning, lead us as we hear your word. Make us a blessing of the word. Touch us by your word. Wash us by your word. Cleanse us by your word. Give us a receptive heart. I pray that having spoken your word, may the hearer be blessed and may the speaker be blessed. And together we shall be partakers of the blessings of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Just look at the person next to you. Look at somebody's face. Look at the person next to you and tell the person, what do you think about me? Tell the person, so what do you say about me? Tell the person, are you for my blames or for my blessings? Hallelujah. This morning, we are taking a new dimension. So I'm talking on the subject, your blames or your blessings. Which one are you? The blames or the blessings? Let's read Isaiah 61 verse 7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Oh, you didn't hear that. God said, inside of your shame, you shall have double honor. You can never be in the house of God faithfully and be ashamed. You can never be in the house of God faithfully and the Lord will not bless you. You can never be in the house of God faithfully and God will watch you to go through any disgrace. No. Anybody who is faithful to God, no matter how it is, when the devil, man, anything, try to bring shame and disgrace to your life, God will change it and make sure that it tends to become an honor for your life in the name of Jesus. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. May the Lord bless his word. That is what God is saying. That instead of of being ashamed instead of being confused in this house it shall become a double portion for your life that simply means that once you are in the house of God what you must think of is the blessings of God the honor of God, the joy of God because that is the everlasting blessings God has for his people, amen but you can equally be in the house of God Without thinking about the honor, the joy, and, and the blessings that comes to God. Which is the portion of the people of God. You can stay in the house of God and all you think about is what? Blames and worries. By way of introduction, we can spend all time before the presence of God worrying and blaming others. There are a group of Christians who are in the house and all they are expecting is to blame others and worry because of others let's look at John chapter 5 verse 6 and 8 when Jesus saw him lying there when Jesus saw him lying there in the church if Jesus should come to the church today and see you sitting in the church lying in the church positioned in the church what is Jesus going to found in your heart and knew that 
he already had been in that condition a long time. Jesus knew that this person has been in the church for a long time. He has been in this situation in the church for a long time. Listen, God knows every situation that you have in church. God knows every problem that you carry. God knows how long that situation has remained with you in church. He knows. Hallelujah. But God is not bothered about how long the situation has been with you in church. Or how long you have stayed in church with a condition. God is bothered about what is your heart in church. Amen. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Anytime God comes to church, Jesus comes to church, his interest is to be a blessing unto you. He doesn't come to church to listen to blames and problems and worries. He comes to church to bless what? The people who have assembled for him. So Jesus saw this man at the church of Bethesda who has been there for 38 years with a problem. And Jesus said, I know you've been here for long. What can I do for you? Ladies and gentlemen, people of God, this morning Jesus is in church. What can he do for you? Amen. What can I do for you? The sick man answered him. Jesus said, what can I do for you? Look at the answer. The faithful Christian said, the man was a faithful believer because he has been in a church for 38 years when still his problem is not solved and he was still in the church. Hallelujah. That's very faithfulness. But you can be faithful in a church and still miss the blessings. That is the pathetic thing I always don't want for people of God. To be faithful in a church and still not receive the blessings of the church. But it is paramount and common with Christianity of our time. There are many people who are faithful in a church but they don't have the blessings of the church. Just because their concentration and their heart is not for the blessings of the Jesus of the church but the problems of the people of the church. And ladies and gentlemen, you are not in a church because of anybody. If you are in church for Jesus, your concentration must be on Jesus. If you are in church for Jesus, your heart must be for Jesus. If you are in church for your problem, you must think about your problem and how Jesus can solve that problem for you. If you are in church and all you think and worry is about who and who, I'm telling you, rapture will come. You will still remain unblessed. Hallelujah. The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. He's blaming. I have no man. Who is that man? Hello? I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another step down before me. So his problem is the another who stepped before him. He thinks it's the another. That is the reason why. He's not getting the miracle. Nobody is the problem of your own receptive of a miracle. Nobody. Hallelujah. And the question I ask myself is, you've been in a place for 38 years. You could not move your legs. You can move your hands. Because the Bible said that he was lame. That simply means that he can't walk. Okay? But all the cripples and the lame people, I see them on the street. 
They're able to move themselves by their hand. You can lie down and move your hands. So if you know that at a particular season of the year, the waters is stirred and miracles are happening, you know how the move of God, some of you, you know how the move of God comes. Whenever pastor take the microphone and pastor is preaching, you know that the moment pastor swing, whenever pastor said that, now we are going to pray, you know that, ah, the anointing is about to happen. You know the move. You know that pastor said that today God is going to change your life. You know that today anointing is about to take effects. You know the dynamics of the Holy Spirit. The man knows when the waters are stirred up. That simply means that he knows particular moment of the year that the angel comes toward. Stir the water. He knows the move of the anointing in the church. Why don't you move yourself to the very borders of the pool. Amen. Could have moved yourself to lie at the borders of the church. But he sit at the back and blaming. Whenever I'm about to move, another fall in. If you, are, you can't run and you are competing with people who run, you take the initiate steps. Hallelujah. If you can't pray, and you are praying with the people who can pray, you start your prayer earlier. He was there blaming what? Others. And the people he was blaming were getting the miracle. As I was about to move, another fall in. And when they another fall in, they don't come back with problems. So they come back with solutions. And he, they go and he's sitting there blaming another person. May the Lord deliver us today. May the Lord take blames out of our heart today. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, I have seen folks in church for years. And all they do is to blame, is to blame, is to blame. But you can equally be in a church and instead of blaming others, you'll be praying and holding up God. Hallelujah. The first man was lying by the pool, by water, which is the presence of the church. And the stirring of it is the activating of the anointing. That's the first one. There was a second church member who was also at an all night meeting. And there was the presence of God. He didn't blame anybody. He also had a problem. But he didn't blame anybody. Instead of talking about who was the problem and who is the problem, he rather was holding God to solve the problem and give him a resolve. Genesis 32, let's see 24, rundown. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Precious ones. In the church, you are alone. Tell your neighbor that in the church, you are alone. Tell your neighbor, in the church, you don't depend on me. Tell your neighbor, in the church, I don't depend on you. Tell your neighbor, in the church, your blessing has nothing to do with me. Hallelujah. He said he was left alone. You are here alone. Hallelujah. In the church, 
to hit the world with the word of God. My wife is trusting God to hit the world. He was left alone. And the Bible said, and the man wrestled with him. Listen, in church, we wrestle for the miracle. We wrestle for the breakthrough. We wrestle for the blessings. You don't come to church and expecting that blessing will drop. Since the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. If you are sitting in church and thinking that blessing will drop at you, drop it. You will stay here for years. The kingdom suffered violent and the violent takes it what? By force. So you don't stay in church and think that somebody is going to help you break through in the kingdom. You must be violent. And you must be forced. And Paul said that having fight, lay hold of righteousness. Fight the good fight of what? Faith. So, you don't stay in church and say, somebody has to fight my battle for you. Who? Me? Go and read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13 and discover my responsibility. It's not to fight your battle. Oh, Timothy, do not despise the prophecy that you receive by the laying on of hands. By this, wage a good war of faith so that those prophecies will hold must come to pass. Oh my son Timothy, do not neglect the teachings that I teach unto you. Commit to able men that they shall be able to teach. My responsibility is to commit to you the prophetic word, the word of God, the knowledge of God, and you have to wage the war of faith for your breakthrough. Hallelujah. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to break through in church with God, you will have a deformity. You will have a scar. There will be a thorn. I remember when I went to Brazil, I was talking with Pastor Abel on certain issues and he said, man of God, I don't know when God is going to take this thorn out of my flesh, but I have to bear it. Because I need a breakthrough. Anybody who has a testimony of God will tell you the scars and the thorns of their flesh. Tell me a Christian who has broken through and I'll show you the scars on their life. If you have broken through in God and there's no scar on you, you are lying. Amen. You will lose something. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, Deny the world before you can follow me. Jesus said, if you want the blessings for now and in this season, if you want land, if you want house, if you want marriage, if you want husband, if you want children, he said, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, then persecution will follow after you. Deny. There must be a thorn on your flesh. So it, you, you, you can't live in the church and want to be fresh and good and receive a miracle. And when it's not coming, you think everybody is your problem. Hallelujah. We have grown past that level. We have grown past the level where we sympathy people and we encourage people and, 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 and entice people with good words that hold on. We have passed there. You fight for your own salvation or you go and perish. Hallelujah. 
Jesus said, if anyone who wants to follow me, let him do what? Take up his own cross. Not my cross. Hallelujah. You know what he said? You know what in another verse he said? He said, life and death is in the power of the tongue and whosoever desire it shall eat of it. Another meaning is that whenever you are praying, you are asking for life and death. If you are praying for a miracle, you are asking for life and death. If you don't know, ask those who are married. And when they were busy praying for marriage partner, they thought it was only life. But after they married, they saw that this thing called marriage is life and death. If you, if you, if you think I'm lying, you can ask Mr. Oni. Ask her. Whether marriage is all about life. Sometimes your very life is at the peril of your spouse. Whatever decision, if they take good decision, it better you. If they take bad decision, it destroys your life. And we prayed for it from the tongue. God, I want a job. When we're praying for a job, you forgot that the job will keep you on Sunday. And as long as you are absent in church for three Sundays, your prayer life is shaking. Your giving life is shaking. Your righteous life is shaking. Before you see, you are backsliding. You are dying spiritually. But when you were asking God for a job, you forget that you are asking for life and death. Hallelujah. So, the boy had the breakthrough, but he had it with a scar. Then he said, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. Listen to what he said. But he said, I will not let you go unless you what? Bless me. He didn't say that my brother Esau want to kill me. He didn't say that my father-in-law Laban cheated me. He didn't say that my mother led me to take my brother's birthright. He didn't say all the problems that he has suffered in the kingdom of destiny. But what he asked God for what? Bless me. The first one didn't tell Jesus bless me. He said, somebody is preventing me. The second one didn't say that somebody. He said, that forget about anybody and bless me. Hallelujah. What is your condition? What is your state? Why are you in church? Why are you in church? Hallelujah. The interest of God is not what or who is blaming you in church. No. No, that is not God's interest. God does not have interest of what or who is the blame. No. But rather, who or what is before him? Who are you before God? What are you before God? Are you before God with blames and worries? Or you are before God with the holy and righteous hands for righteousness and for blessings. He's not interested. Hallelujah. If Jesus was interested when the man was counting and nobody and nobody and nobody, Jesus was listening to him. Jesus didn't even ask who or what. He said, hey, 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 my friend, get up and take your mind. It's just mercy by grace. Remember earlier on, Jesus has come through the five porches. He has moved through grace to the man. So when he was complaining, he said, I just came to have grace for you. you. Just get up and stop all the complaints. Amen. His interest. 
So stop and who and what and who and what? One thing I vow after I was one year in the Lord is never to blame anybody of my Christian journey. Never. Never. When I was one year in the Lord, I determined that I will never ever blame anybody while I was in church, but I would rather hold God while I was in church. Ladies and gentlemen, I need God more than you. Hallelujah. Because it is God who made you to come to church. The Bible said that it's him who worked in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasures in Christ Jesus. So, if God so favored me, he will work in you and every Sunday morning you will will to come to church to worship him and I will have the opportunity to speak into your life. So, I must hold him and hold him. I don't need to force you to come to church, but I need to hold God to make him to come to church. Hallelujah. Isaiah 54 verse 3 and 6. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. This morning may you expand. It said you shall expand to the morning. You shall expand to the left, to the right. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear. For you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. Who is your husband? Who is your husband? Who is your husband? Who is your wife? I am married. I have a wife. But the wife I can depend till eternity is my maker. The husband she can depend for eternity is her maker. Hallelujah. The Bible said that the heart of the king is in the hands of God. The Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer is the holy one of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Instead of worrying of what and or who is blaming you, pray for what you are before God. Instead. God said, hey, for your shame, for your disgrace, for whatever, forget about them. For the blames, for whatever, forget about them. And remember that I am your maker. Remember that I have eternal blessings for you. Remember that I have an everlasting blessings for you. Remember that I can expand you to the left and to the right. So if you are before me, these are the things you must what? Think of. Not the other issues. But ladies and gentlemen, we come before God. We forget about this. We don't think about these things. Amen. We don't think about these things. And I said that, listen, if you can stop the spirits behind those blaming you, you can silence those blaming you. Instead of spending time, pray. One day, one day, Somebody lift up a tongue against me. And it was a serious one. Serious. 
and they have reported me and all sort of things. And my senior pastor called me and said, this is, this is, this is, this is. I just listened to it. So what do you do? I said, I have nothing to do, but I'll handle it. When I, I came back, three days I was in my room. I said, every tongue of evil that is lifted up against me, I condemn and I bring into judgment. For that is my portion. I deal with the three days. I was there. The fellow called me and said, man of God, whatever it is, forget about it. Forget about it. I don't know what's happening. Forget about it. When I dealt with the spirit, I silenced the tongue. Sometimes you hear, and, and, and this one said this, and this one said, and this one said, are you in church for what people are saying? And the company said this, and my boss said it, and this one said it. Are you there for what people are saying, or you are there for the blessings? Silence it. It's an evil tongue. Hallelujah. You can deal with the scriptures. And instead of people spending precious time in the presence of God, asking for his blessing, they are in church. Ladies and gentlemen, you are the most pathetic person when you are in church and your heart is heavy against somebody. You are wasting your time. You are hot, wasting your time for coming to church. You are sitting in church and you are fighting with somebody in your heart. You are grudging with somebody in your heart. You are against. This place is called the Holy Presence. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit where righteousness and holiness prevail. That even when the sinner comes in, righteousness covers us. So when God lifts up his eyes and see the worst sinner that has entered, he sees them in the eyes of Christ. For now are we made righteous through Christ. That is what he sees us. And when the Holy God is coming to bless you, you are fighting the whole toxic. You are a Pharisee believer. Amen. Jesus said they are righteous in appearance, but in their heart is dead bones. Some of you, as we are in church, we look righteous, but in our heart is dead bones. You are a Pharisee Christians. You profess to be righteous, but inside of you is toxic. The Holy Ghost can sit there and bless you. And righteous, listen, blessings does not come from up or from down, it comes from inside because he, them, believe in me. I and my father will come and live in them and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters for Christ in us is the hope of glory. It is he that is in him that help us to say Abba, Father. So we cook the blessing in here and we bring it out. So if inside of you is dead bones and somebody and some and you are hurt and you are peeved and you are worried and you are insulted and, and praises is going on and you are hurt. Prayer is going on. You are hurt. 
The word of God is going on. You are hurt. You come to church. You see the face of your fellow Christians and your heart is heavy. Mercy be upon you. You are wasting your time. It would have been better to join Hustle Folk Sporters Union. People who hearts get break when, when, when hearts are failing. But in the house of God, he takes the rotten heart and he turns it to be righteous. In the heart of God, he takes the painful heart and he suited it. In the heart of God, he takes the heavy heart and he lightens it. In the heart of God, he takes the wicked heart and he makes it merry. In the heart of God, he gives us the heart of glad song. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. Because in the house of God, there's peace, there's joy, there's celebration. In the house of God, there's righteousness, eternity and eternal life. The Bible said that and he will never visit us without leaving himself with a witness. What is the witness of God in your heart while you are in church? Who is there? Is it the Holy Ghost there? Or is it another Christian who is there? Hallelujah. Whoever controls the condition of your heart is the God you worship in your spirit. So if pastor is the pain in your heart in the presence of God, pastor is the spirit you are working. And ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a candid advice. Pastor has no one penny for you. So if you worship me in your heart, ladies and gentlemen, because in my heart is Christ, in me, the hope of glory. I look not to the right, I look not to the left, I care who insulted me, I care who did not like me, I don't care whatever, because who is man? Trust no man and put your, put not your confidence in man, for all men are wicked. They will tell you amen and they will also tell you crucify. So I don't take pleasure in man, but my pleasure is in him. He that rise, he that ascended, he that is in, the Bible says, it is in him I live. It is in him I move. It is in him I have my being. If there's anybody that I care in church, it is he who has made me and who continues to make me. So if you stay in church worrying about me, I'm excused to tell you, you will perish. You perish. Because I am in church for two things. God and you. I'm in church believing Christ for you. I'm in church toiling for you. So if you are in church for somebody, the person has nothing for you. Hallelujah. If you don't repent after this, I have no message for you again. Now is the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now is the time for repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, the junk is too much in the house of God. Our hearts must change. We are either for Christ or we are either for the world. We are either worshipping God or we are worshipping Satan. Don't be hypocrites in the house of God. Walk out. We are not building people for hell. We are not mobilizing people for hell. We are preparing sinners to become saints and take them to heaven. We are not mobilizing hypocrites, lukewarm people, people who profess to be righteous, but in their heart they are wolves, swallowing us, chopping us, killing us. We don't want you in the presence of God. If you become one of them, the word of God will spit you out. It's about time we become Christians. It's about time we know the meaning of our salvation. It's about time we know that
Father, we are not in this business called Christ for pleasure and for fun. We are in for eternity. Hell is real. Judgment shall start in the house of God. And if he doesn't shorten the times, who knows, the very elect shall not inherit it. Dear ones, I want you to inherit the kingdom. Change your heart. Set up. How do you come to church and you don't want to see your brother, you don't want to see your sister? How do you come to church and there's tension between you and your fellow Christians and they ask, who are you? I'm a Christian. Who, are, who is he or she? He or she is a Christian. Hypocrites. The Bible said that in Antioch, when they saw the way they do their things, not the way he or she, the way they do their things. When they saw the way they talk, the way they walk, the way they can, they said that these people might have been with the Christ. Therefore, they are Christians. When people look at you, what do they say? When people look at you, say that, ah, when I look at the way he talked, the way she talked, it looks like she goes to Paradise Temple. She has a good teaching. She might be a Christian. He might be a Christian. The way he behaves, it might be like Christ is in this person. Therefore, this is a good Christian. In Domipila 2, I see Jesus. When people look at you, what is the testimony that they pick out of you? Now has come the salvation of our Lord. And his savior. Repent. Hallelujah. The agenda of Satan. Why there's so much increase of scheming, malice, quarrels, blames, and slander among Christians. It's satanic agenda. And don't make yourself a candidate for Satan to use. Satan is not bringing anybody from outside to persecute us. To slander and to malign us. No. Satan is scheming among us. He's using us against ourselves. I don't think there's any one body sitting here who hates the next person next to you. I don't think so. I don't think so. That if I ask you, the person next to you, do you hate the person? No. If I ask you, do you hate me? Nobody will say no. But how many of you talk well about pastor outside? Hallelujah. Love is not what you tell the person at his presence. Love is what you testify about the person to outsiders. Hallelujah. When you are left alone and people ask you about this person, what do you say? Satan is increasingly scheming among us. We are turning against ourselves, destroying ourselves, killing ourselves, humiliating ourselves. So when we come to church, instead of looking for the blessings, we are worried for the blames. We have passed that era. Amen. We are in the era of mobilizing people for God and heaven. Amen. Satan is setting up this agenda to lure us into the spiritual ignorance. 
so that we reject the blessings of God available for us. That is the agenda of all this scheming and all this malice and slandering among us. It's Satan's scheming. Can you imagine the word of God is going on and somebody is so bitter against your husband, against your wife, against your boyfriend, and they say, even if you say bitterness against your husband and wife, fine. Because as for that one, we fight. But those who come to church and then you are bitter and you are worried because of your boyfriend or your fiancé. So the word of God is coming and you are crying. Hallelujah. He causes us to ignorantly reject the blessings. Sometimes you want to take people through the roots of blessing. They are so worried and blamed in the church that they wouldn't even take it. They would take another route. Sometimes you see people that they are going to a dead end. You try to correct them. They won't. You just keep quiet. Let them go. Hallelujah. Jesus said, Judas, be careful. Judas, be careful. As for this, it will happen. But woe to the one through whom the son of man will be betrayed. Be careful. He listened to the Pharisees. Crucify. Bring him. We'll give you 30 pieces of silver. He listened. Listen to me. You have to be careful of anybody outside your church which advises you to rebel against your church. They are preparing you for your smart grief. Because if you want to die early as a Christian, rebel against your church. God will take you out of the congregation. He can never let one spot of a sheep spoil the 99. Jesus said, be careful. He was listening to the others, the Pharisees, who were not part of the household of Jesus. He followed. Brush! He died. Jesus said, Peter, you are the rock, but be careful. Be careful. You are the rock. Blessings is on you. But Peter, be careful. Peter listened, but he was not careful. He left. Thank God that grace brought him back. But ladies and gentlemen, in our time, God told Elijah, he said, please, if I give you this honor and you don't want, there are 7,000 hopping. Have you seen football match? While the 11 is playing, every team goes to the field with 22 or sometimes 23 players. Every football international match. While 11 are playing, there are 11 at the bench hopping. So they are telling you that your position is not stationary. If you mess up, I fix and ladies and gentlemen, for the next one year, some people will be go. Some people will take their place. Because it is the prayer I've started praying now. That anybody who is not playing according to the rules of my game, you will be out. And there are people on the line who are hoping they will fix it. Amen. And if you open your mouth against me, this environment will vomit you out in the name of Jesus. And I mean it. He is causing us to deny blessings. Undermine righteousness for selfishness and pleasure. What do you gain? What do you gain? 
after you 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 malign, you slander, you gossip about your sister, about your brother. What have you gained? Hallelujah. Jesus told Peter, said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Yes. Do you love me? Yes. He didn't say receive it. He said, feed my flock. Tend my flock. Take care of my flock. A true Christian does not go about receiving. A true Christian care about the people of God. And as you care about the people of God, Isaiah said, when you took care, good care of the flock, you shall eat out of them. Christians can employ Christians. Christians can hire Christians. Why? Do you think it is our desire? No. Because we can't find each of us to be faithful. Hire a Christian. They will collapse your business for you. The man doing the ceiling is my classmate from secondary school, Alaji Sani. He's a Muslim. They know him here. Today he was supposed to come to church, but he didn't come. He's a Muslim guy. And he's so, so faithful. Told him that, Alaji, I don't have money, but I have to do the, have to do the ceiling. He said, man of God, if it is about the church, give me what you have. I will do the ceiling, everything to your taste. When we finish, we will do all this. We will do all here. I will paint. I will do everything. You can spread the money for 10 years. I don't care. Once it is about Jesus. That is what a typical Muslim, the office people know him. Because he said, he will be fellowshipping with us. Every 2 a.m. he will go to mosque, but every Sunday he will fellowship with us. If it was a Christian that I said, do the work for us. The first thing is transfer from my house to the lorry park first. You collect that one first, put it in pocket. That is it. Amen. Somebody can tell you that I couldn't come to rehearsal her because I couldn't get two CDs to take a car. Two CDs to take a car. Amen. Meanwhile, they could get 100 to go and take a woman to go and fornicate. Or to go to their, their, their girlfriends to go and fornicate. They could spend 100. But 200 to come and serve the church, they couldn't get it. Where is our heart? If you want to overcome, let's go to. If you want to overcome, let's jump straight. You have to pray because I want us to pray. If you want to overcome, blames and promotes the blessings for your life. Let's read Obadiah. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 then. We do one or two then we get up to pray because I want you to pray for yourself this morning. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 12 to 13. But you should not have gazed on the day of your brother in the day of his cap captivity. The Bible said that you shouldn't be happy. I use the English translation. You shouldn't be happy over your brother in the day where your brother is in trouble. Hallelujah. You know your fellow Christian is in trouble and you're happy. You're happy. You're carrying it around. You're sending it around. Nor should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Don't be happy because the church is in trouble. Hallelujah. Nor should you have spoken proudly in the day of what? Distress. And the hating, the unbelieving, the unbelievers, those we call unbelievers. Just the two of you, there's a problem. 
and a house of over 600 people, including children. And you expect that there shouldn't be any problem. Hallelujah. Your father and your mother who chim you and give birth to you, they can't even take 100% care of your life. How much more a pastor who didn't know you from Adam? I don't know your house problem. I don't know your marital problem. I don't know your children problem. I don't know your financial problem. I don't know your sinful problem. I don't know your rebellious heart. And you want me to become Israel? You want me to become bread and what butter for you? You see how selfish we are? The two children we have, we are not able to take 100% care of them. How much more you that I don't know. In Jeremiah, do you know what God said? He said, oh Israel, you have killed all the prophets that I gave you. Sometimes if you follow you, you will kill us. And we leave the word of God. But I will not die because of you. I will live to declare the word of God because I have to lead you to heaven. So I will teach you how. If you don't like me, huh? Mr. Mensa like me, Mr. Note like me. Huh? All the old, about 40, they all like me. Amen. Let's get up and pray. If you want to overcome blames and inherit the blessings. Five, VI, rebuke the tongue of evil going about prosecuting you to others. And the Lord will continue to bless you beyond them. Do not rebuke the tongue of evil going about prosecuting you to others. And the Lord will continue to bless you beyond. When Saul was busy persecuting David, David was busy what? Praying and believing God for him.